0: Welcome to Running Deep, a podcast that exists to encourage women to be deeply rooted in the Word of God through every season of life. Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode of Running Deep. I'm Laura Benson and I'm joined again tonight by Sarah Herring. So you've been hearing the two of us walk through um, life stories and lessons from different women in Candeo. And tonight we have uh, the first of its type in our series of podcasts. (laughs) We are joined by... Um, Sarah's husband, Jake Herring. So Jake, welcome to the women's podcast.
1: Thanks. I feel like an intruder. Glad to, to have honest. you. Yeah, thank you.
0: <laughs> so the reason we have Jake joining us tonight is our podcast episode is going to be focused on the topic of grief and loss and what that has looked like in their life and marriage the past couple of months and years. And so we figured having both of their voices would be helpful in here to kind of share that story. So Sarah, yeah. why don't you start from the beginning?
2: Yeah, so Jake and I have been married for almost 11 years now, and when we first got married, we knew that uh, just based on some tests that I had, that um, having children might be an issue or a hardship. So going into marriage, I already knew that going into it, but I also knew that that is really what I wanted and desired was to have children and so we prayed about it and we um just asked god for wisdom and um we were married for several years i'm trying to remember how many years maybe four years we lived in chicago for a while and then um had our first miscarriage um, very early on in the pregnancy and that one took me by complete surprise Mm -hmm. because in the testing that I had prior to getting married it was more so we don't know if you'll be able to get pregnant. I never thought about after getting pregnant Mm -hmm. would that be a possibility to lose a baby. So that was a surprise but It was also talked about like, oh, it it happens to a lot of people one time and this probably won't happen again. So we grieved that child Mm -hmm. and prayed for wisdom for what next. um, And God gave us another child uh, about a year and a half later. And that's Naomi. And we are so thankful for Naomi. Naomi is six years old. And um, just a bundle of joy Mm -hmm. and so delightful to be around. We're so thankful for her. And um, fast forward a couple years living here in Cedar Falls now. And um, we got pregnant again. And that one ended pretty traumatically in an emergency surgery due Mm -hmm. to an ectopic. And... Um, yeah, Jake. That was I don't know what was that like for you for that time.
1: Yeah, it was weird because I remember uh, you. We went to a conference uh, some weekend for the Baptist Convention of Iowa, and then you were having some pains mm-hmm. and wasn't quite sure is this a stomach ache or whatever this mm-hmm. is, uh, and it kind of got like progressively worse, and so I remember uh, taking you to. The doctor, or
2: mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the midwives. Yeah.
1: And uh, going to Menards with Naomi and just walking around Menards, just like, I don't know what else to do in mm-hmm. Waterloo. Like, I think it might have been around Christmas ish, or like, it probably was. Like, there was Christmas stuff out, yeah. so it could have been October or something. Yeah. Um, it's November. Yeah. And so uh, we're walking around looking at the Christmas stuff. And then, so you called me and kind of told me. Kind of what you found out with uh, with the ectopic. I didn't know what ectopic was, so I'm walking around Menards, like googling it on my phone, mm. being like, "What in the? I don't even know what this is," Um and learning. You know, the internet's a great doctor. You know, so I'm walking around Menards, kind of like, "Oh wow, this is like a serious thing," and mm. like internal bleeding stuff. I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I remember uh taking. I think I took Naomi home or something and one of our college girls watched them or something like that. my mom came up. It, it's kind of a blur, but I remember <clears throat> pulling into the hospital parking lot uh, and I got out of my car and I remember taking a picture of the, of the hospital, like of the entrance. Um, Cause I wasn't sure what life would look like walking out. And I kind and I, I, I don't know what made me do it, but I was like, I want to have a picture of life before mm. and not knowing what that picture would look like coming out, and I think it's on an old phone or mm-hmm. something. Uh, but yeah, so walking in into the hospital, I'm like, yeah, that was kind of the mindset there, so yeah, yeah,
2: so we <clears throat> had an emergency surgery to um, remove the ectopic. Uh, pregnancy and, um, the baby and my fallopian tube and that after that loss, it was a lot of physical healing. Um, and then after grieving my, almost my physical body and healing there, then weeks later, I think it all hit me emotionally and processing losing another baby and that one hit me harder because it was another loss Mm. and I think when you go through grief and you witness another grief it it's almost compounded you you feel that loss again kind of like saying goodbye to a friend and then you think of all the friends that you've said goodbye to you're Mm. you're just it's the feelings are brought up Mm -hmm. again and so um really struck me pretty hard then and in the same time feeling like we needed to just let go of maybe Naomi will be our only biological child because in my mind if I struggled with infertility already and then they took half of my parts like how is this going to work and uh really just kind of, I had very little faith and Mm. just let go of even the thought of having another child. Um, but four months later, God had a different plan and we found out we were pregnant again. And, uh, I think when I told Jake that time, I remember him just looking at me and saying, we just did this Mm. and knowing that feeling of, this is really scary this time around. And I don't know how it's going to end, but we do know that God is the creator of life and this life is given to us for even a little time or um, a long time. Um, But did it feel, even when you found out you were pregnant,
0: any of those times, that it was hard to be totally excited? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Because you're trying to, like cautiously guard your emotions or guard your heart with that. Yeah, for sure. And that time, I think especially because it was only four months. And like Jake said, we just did this Mm -hmm. and it was a traumatic emergency surgery. And once you have one ectopic, you know, the chances Mm -hmm. are higher. So there was a lot of fear Mm -hmm. that came with that. But God is a miracle worker and he blessed us with another living child and that's judah and his name is judah because judah means praise the lord and he is a miracle his life is a miracle and he is a Mm -hmm. bundle of joy (laughs) um he's our our (laughs) joyful judah (laughs) and we're so thankful for him uh so up until just a few months ago that was our story and I thought that was the end. Mm-hmm. That was the end of our story as far as loss and grief. And kind of, in my mind, mentally closed that chapter and just wanted to be done with it. And we even had recorded an initial
0: podcast at yeah. that point, right? Yeah. With your story. We did.
2: Because
0: it kind of felt like a, this is something I that happened to me in the past.
2: Yeah. And it felt like it was... Long enough ago that I could share it and give some insight, and have learned a lot from it. Um, but again, God had other plans. But in January or end of December this last year, we found out we were pregnant, and that was a big surprise to both of us. Uh, like
1: our car's not big enough.
2: Our car's not that. big enough. We were not, not buying a van.
1: <laughs> Sorry, ladies. This is a women's podcast.
2: (laughs) You gonna have some (laughs) hate (laughs) mail. My email
1: is herring.sarah at gmail.
2: Uh, So, yeah, we were not expecting it and very surprised, but very quickly uh, moved to excitement and some fear just with our past, but. I was really excited and I had never, I hadn't, I hadn't really witnessed that being surprised by a pregnancy before, like Mm. some of my friends had. And I always thought like, wow, how, how does it feel to just like, oh, I'm pregnant. And just witnessing that, um, the emotions quickly went from, oh my goodness, to wow, we're really excited. And here's the due date. Let's start thinking through bedrooms and cars and What does that look like? Um, But then very quickly turned into um, a visit to the doctor and finding out that I was once again miscarrying. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that was just, it was hard to, I think I I felt like, what was the point of that? Mm -hmm. Why? I've already learned this. I've already learned it. I feel like I've learned enough. I feel like I have a story to tell already. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've helped women and are trying to help women, and um, we're we we weren't expecting it, so it just felt like a mm-hmm. roller coaster of emotions in mm-hmm. several weeks of just um, almost a little bit like I remember in the moment feeling like God, you're just really jerking me around right mm-hmm. now in my emotions, and I don't know how to feel right now.
0: Did you feel? Anger towards him or just confusion towards him?
2: I think initially anger Mm. of what was... I just remember thinking in my mind, what is the point of this?
1: Mm. I don't... Kind of like you're being teased.
2: Yeah, like Mm. that was a teaser. Even trying to explain it in the moment, just even to Jake, I remember we process things very differently and trying to explain to him just how i felt and i'm like it's like someone called you up and said they're giving you this amazing guitar that you didn't ask for you weren't expecting it but now they've told you you're getting this amazing guitar and then they call you back a week later and say never mind you're not getting it Mm -hmm. you know just like it just feels like well why did you what what was the point of that Mm -hmm. and so
1: yeah why call in the first place right yeah
2: don't even call but in that, just realizing that God is the author of life and every child that is is created, God opens that womb for mm-hmm. that child. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that God opens and closes the womb. And so he, in his sovereign will for each one of our children, opened my womb and created life. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't meaningless for that child to be created and it wasn't cruel of God and his goodness. He chose to give and take away. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, in January, uh, we were processing that and I even referenced it in our prayer podcast, just walking through what does it look like to pray for things as we waited to find out, you know, if we were miscarrying or not. And, as we processed, um, just bringing it before the Lord through prayer and um, then just kind of asking God, what, what would you have for the rest of our life and family? And God chose to um, open my womb another time in May mm-hmm. and uh, we got pregnant again and that time the... The doctors made it seem pretty simple. And we think the problem with all of your pregnancies is just a low hormone level. Mm-hmm. So they said, Hey, you need to try this progesterone. And we think, in my mind, I thought it's a simple fix. I can mm-hmm. control this. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, <laughs> we, we like control as humans. And so I thought, Okay, this is a simple fix. This is going to be easy take these pills and ta-da healthy baby healthy pregnancy and the progesterone didn't work and um yeah we were again getting the same phone call um from the doctor that you know the levels were too low and we would expect a miscarriage within the next few weeks Mm -hmm. um So we're still in that right now and still processing and grieving. But I thought it would be fitting to record this in the process Mm -hmm. instead of wait until after because the truth that we're holding on to now I hope is helpful and beneficial to someone who might be grieving and can hear the truth that Mm. God has helped us with now.
0: Mm. So what have been some of the things you'd say you've learned big picture about grief?
2: That God is near that he doesn't give us anything that is meaningless Mm. Um, that any trial we walk through is a trial that has come through God's hand Uh, it says in I believe it's Lamentations or Ecclesiastes I think it's both That, how can we accept good from God's hand and not evil Um, it's the same hand and God is a good God and we can trust what he gives us so both good and bad can come from God's hand and we can trust that and we can know that anything that we suffer through or a trial that we go through comes through the sovereign will of God God allows it Mm-hmm. in our life, and we can trust him. So the the lives of our children that we don't have here on earth, although it might seem meaningless, it's not meaningless, mm-hmm. and it's, it is God's plan for mm-hmm. our life.
1: Yeah, it was kind of funny because uh, we're reading through the Bible with <clears throat> with Naomi and Judah and it's like Naomi's actual Bible, so it it's taking forever because it's before bed and uh you can only read so much before they start to kinda nod it's off. It's like the
2: real Bible, not like the Jesus storybook Bible. Right,
1: yeah. yeah. It's like a CSB one that we use, you know, on Sunday mornings. And so we're just about uh probably a week or two ago we're we were kind of getting to the end of Genesis, which ends with the Joseph narrative. And so mm-hmm. uh, something I hadn't seen before, like I think we, at least I knew that it was like Genesis 50. It's like Joseph saying like uh, <clears throat> like Satan meant this for evil, but God meant this for good, mm-hmm. um, which is totally true. And uh, in the, it, it's a meaning. Like I think sometimes we think like, oh, Satan meant this for evil and God used it for good or God mm. turned it for good. It's like, mm. no, no, it's like they both have meaning, mm-hmm. in like, but they weren't the same meaning. Uh, but I didn't realize five chapters earlier when Joseph re- reveals himself to his brothers and they have this kind of moment uh, where his brothers... <clears throat> can't even respond to him. Cause they're just like, they can't believe that this is the brother that they sold into slavery. And now he's the, the king of the known world. I mean, he's, he holds their fate in his hand and they have so wronged him. Like Joseph has been so sinned against and has, has experienced the effect of the fall, mm-hmm. which is exactly what broken bodies are with, with experiencing death and suffering and pain uh and then in genesis uh forty five yeah forty five it says um, it, uh let me see here, and now do not dis- not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, so they sold him for God sent me before you to preserve life, so in the same sentence it's like like you sold me, but God sent me
2: mm.
1: and it's like like, though you sinned against me, though you, though I experienced despair and destruction as a result of the fall, like it was God himself who sent me. You thought you were selling me. It was God who was sending me. And then two verses later, so it was not you who sent me here, but God. Mm-hmm. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. So it, it truly is like uh, the the suffering that we experience is a suffering that is that is sent from God to send us somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that may not be a physical location like it was with Joseph, but certainly a spiritual one mm-hmm. um, and an emotional one and a, a maturity one, and a, a location. And uh, reminding ourselves that, that God saw that whatever it was, that whatever place we were in, in our minds, our families, our hearts, whatever it was, that he needed to send us to a different place mm-hmm. and he- and he the vehicle through which he was sending us was through suffering, mm-hmm. and that that was the vehicle that he was using so to <laughs> to read that with your two living children mm-hmm. as you're grieving two more not living children mm-hmm. uh is an interesting thing and it kind of arrested my attention i guess mm-hmm. so
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah, one of the things you've mentioned a couple times recently Sarah is that grief looks differently for different people and Mm -hmm. I know for you both the way you grieve things like this looks very different so how would you say Sarah what what does grief look like in your life
2: did has that looked different between each of those four losses Mm -hmm. yeah it's grief is a weird thing because it can show itself in a lot of different ways and you can in one minute be totally fine mm-hmm. and then something can just hit that nerve just right and you can just be brought to your knees and just feeling the weight of your loss in just, just an instance or something that might remind you of it or um so it's it's interesting because there are times that you feel the weight of grief more so than others, mm-hmm. but it's always there, like an underlying thing. But also, people process grief very differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, even at different times of our life, we might process grief differently. And Jake and I process very differently. And I think especially losing a baby might might make this even more so just because you know the female there's a lot of Mm -hmm. just different layers to it and you're physically Mm -hmm. suffering and emotionally and mentally and all of that but even just personally I grieve and process more verbally and outwardly um, and want to verbally process things and obviously cry more because I'm a woman and cry more, <laughs> um, but Jake is more of an internal processor, and so he might think on things for a while and then maybe come around and you know talk about it later. But that has been a challenge for both of us, in maybe more so for me, in not seeing Jake as the way he's processing things not holding it against him Mm -hmm. and seeing that we can grieve and we can be sad in different ways and just because it doesn't look like he's sad doesn't mean he's sad and just because he's not processing like me doesn't mean that he isn't processing or grieving so I can't hold that against him and just say I want you to be sad right now with me and look like me so um just trying to fight against even even a wedge that satan might want to put between us in this grief process of um me maybe being bitter towards jake and you're not you're not sad like i want you to be sad almost Mm -hmm. but recognizing that we're very different people and we can be there for one another in our times of grief when when we are feeling the weight of it
1: yeah, cuz yeah, it is one of those things where it's like um for me it it's it's almost been like a uh how do you grieve what you didn't know? Mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um especially with not feeling the physical aspects of it. There's mm-hmm. not those real tangible physical reminders um or aches and pains and all that stuff. Uh that Sarah's, that Sarah's experience. And so, like, um, I think it's almost like the reality of it even ha- has felt different. Mm-hmm. Um, though it's very real. It's mm-hmm. like uh, all life uh, begins at conception. And so um, it's, it's just as much of a life mm-hmm. as our kids running around. And mm-hmm. so uh, for me, the, the processing probably... Hasn't been, I, I honestly haven't fig, like. Uh, figured that out, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the grieving what you didn't know. Um, maybe it's part of how I'm wired or whatever. I think the biggest growing part for me has been uh, learning to minister to somebody who is grieving differently than me mm-hmm. uh, or who's just grieving at all, you know, and um, being present and being quiet and listening and asking questions and uh and and even like affirming sarah's emotions and saying like it's good to feel this like and it's okay to feel it for a long time you know and and that's not that's not a bad thing like don't don't rush through any sort of process like for what reason to rush through it you know uh If, if only, well, it's painful and it's like, yeah, but, um, it's kind of like the, the whole thing where it's like the, the driest grounds need the slowest rains Mm. sort of thing. You don't want storms to pass quickly when there's a drought. Uh, you'd rather it be slow and methodical kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And so for me to be okay with that and like to not just be okay with it, but, but to affirm it and for me to recognize that truth and, um, and to be present for Sarah, I, I think that's one of the, the beautiful aspects of of community. Mm-hmm. You know, not just marriage, but community. Mm-hmm. To be to be able to be that kind of person for someone who is grieving differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's one thing that was interesting with the ectopic uh, a couple of years ago was um, almost being annoyed by how quickly some people wanted to enter in Mm. uh but looking back on it and going and it was good that they did
2: Mm. yeah Mm -hmm.
1: you know like because in the moment for me it was (laughs) it was it was uh i think it was paul sabino and um jordan maybe uh and stan hayek yeah and and I texted those guys kind of as I was driving back to the hospital. And um, and just immediately they were like, can we come to the hospital? Can we come out like mm-hmm. really, <laughs> really like sticking their nose in our business, mm-hmm. you know, and in almost an annoying way, but in in a way that looking back, it was like th- those are real friends. Mm-hmm. And as much as I didn't want it at the time, it was like. I was just kind of like, just, can you just leave us alone for a second and just let us like, like, no, I, I need a community like that. That's not, that's not going to leave me alone. Cause, yeah. uh, cause I probably won't know when I, uh, when it's been too long being left alone, yeah. you know, I'm not going to have a good gauge on that. So, so that, that was in hindsight, really good in the moment for our grief. It was incredibly annoying and we just wanted to push <laughs> people away. Mm-hmm. Um, but recognizing that that wasn't healthy.
0: Yeah, that would be my next question That is, is, having walked through this, how would you advise people who have a friend that's walked through something similar? Far more women and families have walked through this. And I think I would have known a handful of years back. Mm. Um, so yeah, what, what advice
2: would you give to people that are walking through this? It's always more hurtful to not say anything Mm. and to not do anything. So, I know it's awkward and I know it's hard to bring up, but the most loving thing you can do is say something, a simple, I'm so sorry, um, or... Just giving someone a hug and um, crying with them if they're crying. Um, even saying I don't know what to say, but I'm really sorry. Just recognizing that this this is hard, and I don't I don't know what to say, but um, recognizing that and saying something, and then, like Jake said. <laughs> do something for force yourself into their life Mm. in a in a in a way that um just loves them well and i can i can remember back specifically certain times with different different ones of our losses um one of them i had a friend um come and she drove up from Des Moines and she said I don't care what we do all day today but I'm just going to sit here on the couch. And it was just so like freeing to just have her just sit there with me and cry when I wanted to cry and talk about everyday things. Like sometimes mm. you just need someone to just like take your mind off of it mm. and then talk about other things or just sit with me and that was just that was so meaningful um and just in January my sister-in-law did that just came up for the day and um just I think the like people's presence Mm -hmm. is just so loving um meals are always helpful um just a a kind gesture when you don't know what to do a meal is always great (laughs)
1: yeah um Mm
2: -hmm. yeah uh yeah, I think for for me, just as a friend, um, in the time saying something loving, and then even if you have to put it in your phone to mm-hmm. ask them weeks, months later. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're five weeks out, and it's still very fresh and very raw. Um, grief takes time, and so to ask, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? Mm. Um, or even just like, Hey, I'm thinking about your baby today. You know, if you know the baby's name, you know, use the name.
1: Um, yeah, I was, we've had some really beautiful friends who, uh, have remembered. I think, I think a lot of times in the moment of grief, all that stuff is really good. And, being present in that moment, it's, it's usually, and yet you kind of think about this with funerals too. It's like, I always think about the people who are mourning after everyone's mm-hmm. gone home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's really when the, that's life now yeah. for those people and for your friends who are grieving. It's like they've been wounded and it's going to take time to heal. And even once it's healed, there'll be a scar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to have people remember, even even if, like you said, like putting something in your phone of just, um, even a year later, it's like, it might sound like, it might, it might feel like it's out of left field f- in, from your perspective, like, oh, this is just such a random text, like a year later to text on this, but it, it means a lot yeah. for people to remember. And, mm-hmm. and also to honor, I, th- I think, uh, like you mentioned, our sister-in-law, even she does these crochet or what, I don't know what it's called crochet. is that crochet hats.
2: yeah yeah hats. Crochet.
1: yeah wow okay um I'm learning it's new things right now so oh,
2: no I'm sorry the cross stitch cross stitch pictures I'm like, those don't look like hats at all <laughs> you're learning women words <laughs> uh, I'll explain the hats in a minute
1: okay uh she does these cross stitch like family photos it's really cool and uh one of the things she's done is, is put hearts for, mm-hmm. uh, for our miscarriages. And so even for her to, to m- memorialize that, and it, but it's not in a weird way, but it really is in a way like of honoring that life mm-hmm. and like recognizing the dignity of that life. Um, and like Sarah said, like, like we, we name our miscarriages cause it's like, that's a person mm-hmm. and, and they deserve a name and mm-hmm. to be remembered as a name and not as an it. And, um, and so even to, as much as you would learn the names of the kids of your friends, like, mm-hmm. like if it's a miscarriage, like learn, learn the names of their children who have, uh, been the miscarriages, you know? And mm-hmm. so, uh, that's been meaningful too.
2: Yeah. So Shannon, our sister-in-law also, uh, after each, each loss that we've had well for each one of our kids she has crocheted a hat um for them and the first one she gave Uh, me on mother's day Mm -hmm. um and that was after our first loss and uh each time she she asks what the name is and then puts like the initials on the hat and that's just been a really special thing that uh just recognizes the life and Um, It's been really sweet to even have Naomi and Judah have a hat that they wore at the hospital and um, just a really simple but very meaningful way to love a friend.
0: One of the things I've heard you say recently, Sarah, is that even walking through this suffering and these trials has actually been an opportunity to taste God's grace Mm -hmm. and a means for him to show goodness and grace to you how is that true Mm -hmm. what what truths in scripture have led you to that place what are things that you cling to that you would say no this is this is god revealing grace to me even though it's suffering
2: yeah so one of the passages that i've just been reading every day and meditating on is psalm 84 and it talks about um david wanting to dwell in god's presence Uh, but later on it says, blessed are those whose strength is in the Lord and whose hearts are the, are the highways to Zion as they go through the Valley of Baca, they make it into Springs of life. And um, just the picture that we have in seeing that even in the Valley, in the times of trial, um, that's where Springs of life can be. Mm -hmm. And, it's so evident that as I look back on our life in these times of trial and in these times of loss, that is such a gracious gift of God that we can spend in those times to see Him in a just clearer, almost just more intimate way to know His, um, his love for us. Um, John 11 talks about Jesus weeping with mm-hmm. Mary and Martha, even though he knew that he was going to raise Lazarus mm-hmm. and just seeing that. Um, God is not an emotionless God. Mm. He's not a stoic God. He He weeps with us, he mourns with us and we only know that on a deep level when we are in those trials and so mm-hmm. that's God's grace in walking us through trials so that we can know him more and that's. So that we can, that can overflow in our life and allow other people to see who God is in a deeper way. Um, another passage that Jake has really encouraged me with um, in these last two losses has been Second Corinthians four, sixteen, and it says, "Our light and momentary afflictions are doing something that they're they're not meaningless. Our light and momentary troubles um, are far greater than." what we could even imagine god doing it's it's something that isn't meaningless it's not um it's not wasted and just mm. jake reminding me of that that um this might not seem light and momentary mm-hmm. but the eternal weight of glory is waiting mm-hmm. for us and it's not meaningless um and that's god's grace and giving us those trials
1: because it it does like for for people going through grief, it, it's okay to feel like what was the point of that? Mm-hmm. You know, like to be able to just say that out loud and be like, this feels absolutely mm-hmm. worthless, you know, and cause that makes the truth of its worth that much greater so it's like don't pretend that it doesn't hurt it's like Mm -hmm. it does hurt and that's that's what makes like our light and momentary afflictions are preparing for us an eternal weight of glory Mm -hmm. like in order to feel the weight of glory we have to feel the weight of our afflictions Mm -hmm. and recognize that weight in light of eternity that's why they're light and momentary because it is it's like in light of eternity and in light of the weight of glory our afflictions are light so it's like Like as heavy as this feels, it's light compared to the glory that we'll experience. And heaven will taste that much sweeter with the absence of the things that are causing our suffering right now. Um, It's listening to this. I'm sure it's like it's really easy to hear it said. And it's so it's it's impossible to believe it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's okay. But Mm. we cling to the truth, not because it's easy to believe, but because it's true.
0: Um, Yeah, I love that pairing of the John 11 and then 2 Corinthians because, yeah, you see Jesus being fully God and fully man have this almost overwhelming response of anger and Mm. emotion Mm -hmm. at the death of his friend. And in that instance, he physically raises him up from the dead. Mm -hmm. He could do that. He has the power to Mm. do that. But actually right now he's preparing an even more complete victory yeah one day like Mm. actually the victory and the completion of all that he's preparing Mm -hmm. will be greater than physical resurrection right now um and that's yeah more than our minds are able to grasp (laughs) or imagine um but clinging to that as truth
1: well it's 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 so cool in, in the sovereignty of god to even be going through hebrews to be reminded that We don't have a high priest who is unable Mm. to empathize with us and our weakness. And to also, like, that's speaking of Jesus. So Jesus himself feels with us, like what Sarah's saying. And God himself, at least for us, in in the loss of children, it's like, and God knows what it's like Mm -hmm. for his own son to die. Mm. Like, he felt that death. And so for us, it's like... Yeah, in the same way that he knew he was going to raise Lazarus, in the same way that it was predestined from the foundation of the world that Jesus would come and that it would be through his death, burial, and resurrection that would secure our salvation. Like, that was all known that God, still in the moment, knowing the end of the story, can still feel just as deeply the loss mm-hmm. that we feel now. And so knowing that that Jesus empathizes with us and that God himself knows the grief that we feel it's like we what other religion can say that Mm. that's the hope that we have that God feels what we feel
0: yeah so this for me is a helpful conversation as I think about the idea of suffering I don't know that I would say I've walked through deep suffering and trial yet but we're promised that Mm. (laughs) as believers Mm -hmm. and so um, I feel like I've been in seasons of life where I'm learning about suffering and grief and digging a deep well in preparation for Mm. um, suffering that may come one day. And so Mm -hmm. if you're listening and you feel like, I'm I'm not sure if I've suffered, I'm not sure what that necessarily, maybe I have, maybe that's coming. um, This still so applies to you because Mm -hmm. um, we will walk through suffering and trial and grief in our lifetime as believers. And, Um, to, to begin now clinging tightly onto these truths of scripture so that one day when you are walking through it, you can look back on the well Mm -hmm. that you have dug. Um, yeah. Would you two have any final thoughts or words you'd want to share?
1: I would probably just say, uh, believe in a God that's greater than your suffering.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, God is greater than what you're walking through and you, you're not going to feel it and you have to anchor yourself in that truth because you don't feel it. You don't feel the truths that you need to hear mm-hmm. and that's normal and that's okay. And keep fanning into flame those truths un- until you begin to feel it. And it'll take a long mm-hmm. time. So even though you don't feel it for a long time, surround yourself with the truth, surround yourself with people who will remind you of the truth that, Uh, you are so easily forgetting Mm -hmm. uh, because that's so normal. Um, And it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'd say if, if you're listening and you're walking through grief, uh, especially a miscarriage or a loss, uh, talk to somebody. Mm. Don't, don't hold it in um, because there's so much more pain in walking through suffering alone. So, talk to someone, lean into the community that's surrounding you, and um, be okay with being the weak one for mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And just accepting help, asking for help. And, um, like Jake said, hold on to the anchor that we have in Jesus Christ and the hope that He's given us, and knowing that He will hold you firm and fast when you don't feel like you can hold on any longer
0: well thanks Jake and Sarah for your honesty and your authenticity and wanting to um let us into this part of your life um yeah it's been helpful for me and I'm sure it'll be helpful for a lot of people that listen to this so thanks we'll see you guys next time thanks. Thanks. thanks